everybody wow gosh this is saturday the 14th of march and we are in being inundated by the coronavirus but what the heck we're here anyway well the nice part was that it was like driving in the 80s coming up the freeway <laughs> i know no traffic at all it what a deal fast very fast and that is the voice of my co-host mr doug johnston and it was a treat to always be here well thank you very much anyway so today um, this is going to be an interesting day. Oh, and I must say one other thing. Uh, since our normal uh, producer is not here right now, he's out with an illness, I want to introduce my producer day, Mr. Nathan Miller. Oh, good morning, Eileen. Good and morning. I just want to clarify that he is not out with an illness he's right well, now. That's... Yeah, he's uh, not infected or anything like that. Oh, he just has to stay isolated to okay. take precautions. Yeah, that's good. I'm gl- glad he's doing that. That's really smart. Me too. Yeah, me too. So he should be back in a couple of weeks, right? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. When the virus is over in April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so thank you for being here. My pleasure. You bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today on the show, we have a lot of different things going on, and we have Mr. Matt Shea. Hi, Matt. Hi. <laughs> Good to have you here Well, that again. was brief. Okay. I like what you said about the traffic being scarce. I was wondering why McDonald's was empty. Nobody was in front of me today. I got in and out quick, and gee, what's going on? Hey, what the heck is going on? Yeah, that, something like that I will notice. Yeah, right. Well, you, you know, just so that you know, the next time that you're here, I always have breakfast at Tattoosh in the morning, yeah, the Saturday goes, morning, 8 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. He goes okay. To, goes to the just so you know. Emerald I know where Queen. that place is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've been there a lot. I've just <laughs> never been there. So anyway, so this morning on the show, we're going to be doing the Astro Celebrity of the Week, who is actually Callum Scott, who is an incredibly fantastic singer, and that I heard a couple of weeks ago, and I, I always instant message or I text Doug, like on Friday, and say, who are we going to do for the show for the, the Celebrity of the Week? He goes, Callum Scott. And I went, okay. We looked at his chart. It's interesting. So, yeah, we're going to do them. So that'll be fun. And we're going to be talking to Matt about all his projects that he's doing right now and also a bunch of other things. And um, we're going to be bringing him on shortly. And I think that's it. Right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's it. So, anyway... Um, we're going to take a break right now, really quick, and then we're going to have the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. 
And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and my co-host is Doug Johnston, just in case you were wondering who we were. So anyway, we're going to do the Astro Celebrity of the Week right now. Okay. So we have here Mr. Callum Scott. Now, he was on Britain's Got Talent, right? Right. And he won that. No, he didn't win. He, oh, he got beat out by a dog that walked the tight wire. <laughs> it's always a dog, isn't it? <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of I that. I love that. I love it. What kind of dog was it? Uh, just a dog. Oh, well. I think like a border collie or something oh, like that. Oh, they're pretty. They're nice. Well, they're smart. Yeah, they're very smart. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, when, that's why uh, Simon didn't sign him. Okay. All that's right. That's the funny part. That's the funny part. Yeah, because the dog got the contract. Okay. <laughs> that seems just so fair, you know? Anyway, so, um, and then he did it a second time. He Did he go on the show a second time or something? No. Okay. He, oh, but... But because he was in second place, it set him up for being very recognized. Right. Of course it would. And so he was getting asked to sing all over, you know, doing gigs all over the country there. Right. And he had his own little manager that was setting things up for him. Mm -hmm. And the manager said, we should just record the first song that you did on Mm -hmm. Britain's Got Talent. So they did that. And they only cut 250,000 copies, and it sold out immediately. Wow. So somebody was listening to that. Capitol Records called him up and told him to get over there. They signed him on the spot. Wow. And that's what happened. And then his next song that he co-wrote, You Are the Reason, Mm Mm-hmm. When it was released the next day, it was number one in 17 countries. Wow. 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 And he's been flying ever since. Yeah. I mean, talk about going from zero to 150 miles an hour in one second. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. being even recognized. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So we're going to do his astrological chart. Now, we don't have the time of birth here, but we do have his information here. Now, I've heard from one astrologer that we never do a chart without the time of birth. And I said, uh, not mm. necessarily. <coughs> you can get the, uh, the, the psychological <laughs> things that are going on. You just can't get where all the stuff happens. Right. But you can get enough information on a person. I mean, let's face it. Okay, first is birthday, October 12th, 1988, excuse me. Six, oh, that's, that's uh, sunrise time, so that's not right. He was born in Hull, England. And um, one of the first things I noticed that jumped right at me, at me was this Pluto moon in Scorpio conjunct. Mm-hmm. Uh, said, and most of his songs are kind of haunting. Yes, they are. They've got that haunting voice to them. Yeah, and there's a strong passion. It's, it's a yearning. Right. Yeah, like a hunger or yearning for connecting, uh, deeply connecting. claim that he's one of the first people that's come across with that same tone that Patsy Klein had, that she could have that little cry in her voice that he's got. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see the similarities. And when you see this moon Pluto, it makes a lot of sense because he could put that emotion there so strong. Yeah, you you definitely could. You know, um, I was looking for that. The first thing, you know, when I was listening to one of his songs yesterday, and I said, you know, there's some serious Pluto in that man. 
And I, there it was, you know, it was, you know, didn't have to take that long to look for it. So, you know, um, he being a Libra, which is interesting, you know, Libra is ruled by Venus. So he he obviously knows how to create beauty, which he did with those mm-hmm. songs, you know. And then um, he also has a Mercury retrograde, which is interesting, too, as well as a Mars retrograde in Aries. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he does sing some songs, rather combative type of songs, you know, where he's trying to get to something and he's having a hard time getting there and he will do anything to get there to a person or whatever it is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that is probably his Mars, actually. He'd probably climb every mountain or swim every ocean. <laughs> <laughs> or ford every stream. And yes. it's in the songs. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I wish we had his, his chart time because then we could figure out where all this stuff is happening. But it's still a very meaningful chart, you know, because he also has a south node Venus conjunction. And the Saturn Uranus conjunction exact. Yes, that's very, yeah, oh, it is exact, isn't it? My uh, goodness. I mean, that's like kind of magical. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's the ability to literally create something and it's boom, it's there, right out there. You know, and, and this has to do with, obviously, his his career with Saturn involved. But with Sagittarius, you know, I mean, do you think that he's going to probably have a worldwide sweep? He's been traveling all over the world. Oh, well, that makes sense. Big then. time. Yeah, that makes total sense. So and he has a Mercury, it looks like a wide square to Neptune. When so he's poetic. When he shows up in New York, it's kind of like when the Beatles came in the 60s. Wow. You know, I saw a picture of him and and saw him do, he's really good looking. Now, he is gay, right? Yep. Oh, well. (laughs) That's just too bad, ladies. Six foot four. Six foot four. And a voice like an angel. Yeah, he does have. It's very free and easy, and and he's able to portray um, difficulty in a song when he's having difficulty with something it comes through like a strain he's straining against his own voice well venus sits there in virgo too oh yeah that too so that's a perfectionistic characteristic very perfectionist yeah imagine he goes over and over and over and over stuff till he gets it right you suppose i would almost think so yeah i would think so too the first song that he recorded that two hundred and fifty thousand thing okay uh, he's done that same song and done it with an upbeat, with a real heavy drum beat. And right, you like both versions once you listen to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both versions were terrific. Uh, you know, I just happened to notice something else here. He has a yod. Yeah. You know, between Jupiter at the apex and Neptune and Pluto. Or, yeah, it's Pluto. No, it's the moon. It's the moon and Pluto. Yeah. Uh, moon and Neptune and Jupiter. What greater trio could you find That's to do the strong. kind of songs he does? Yep. Yeah. Because Jupiter is expansive and Neptune and, and the moon is this idealistic sort of way to look at things. You know, and when he gets the Neptune moon mo- moving, it goes over to Jupiter and then it comes out to be a real hit. And then Neptune at the same time is trying beautifully with Venus. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's it's, a perfect combination for it's creativity. It's like how magical can you yeah, get? Yeah, you couldn't get better than that as far as an artistic chart. So there you go. Fabulous. Okay, we've got to take a break really quick. He was very interesting, I have to say. 
I think so, too. Yeah, me too. I would love to see the real time so we could yeah, see well, where it's at. But it'll I probably come out eventually. It's oh, I'm sure. It generally does. So anyway, we're going to take a break right now. And after the break, we're going to bring on our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. This is Eileen Grimes with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Angela Probst, aromatherapist. At this point, you probably heard all about essential oils. Are you confused? Are you overwhelmed? Not sure where to start? There's so much information, and our aromatherapy expert, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. And if you want in more information and you want to talk to Angela about this, give her a call today at 253 278 1599 or visit her website at www.myyl.com slash Angela. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, March 15th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. As an animal behavior therapist and trainer, I can help you understand your animal friends and solve any problems you've got going on with them. We'll spend time talking about solving the most common behavior problems. Take your phone calls. Hope you can join me. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time for our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. Welcome to the show, sir. Hi. So nice to be here, Eileen. Well, thank you. Okay, so the first thing we wanted to talk about is something you mentioned just before we came out here. And what was that? Well, I wanted to say hello to the Emerald Queen. My buddy David Smith is listening. He's waving as I'm waving back. And uh, I always go there to grab a good bill, always try to hunt him down and pat him on the back. But David, you're fantastic. Thank you for listening. I can't wait till I catch up with you again. And the Jupiter Rising Show thanks the Emerald Queen as a whole for listening, for following us. <laughs> What yeah, good, that's Matt's a, good a celebrity in his own right. Yes, right. he's doing radio shows all over the country I know. right now. He's becoming nor- very, very well known that, nationally. That Clint Eastwood, a legend in your own mind. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, with six planets and Leo, you can't help it. But you are somebody <laughs> when you're here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's a point. Anyway, so okay, so we were talking about um, you were talking about something. Because I did your uh, podcast with yes. you and Kevin. Yes, uh, we have the good fortune of knowing Kevin McDonald. He's a fun radio guy. He has a podcast out called My Independence Report. It is catching on quickly. He also became my neighbor recently, and so on occasion I could sit with him and be a co-host. Well, we had you on, and we were proud of having Eileen Grimes on. But we had people call in because they were sort of up in arms. They had a little paranoia or phobia. They had a bit of a problem with what I was saying. They certainly did. They (laughs) thought it was a little sacrilegious. And, what Al, it's your time. Just kind of walk us through this a bit, and let's clear up these misconceptions. Right. You know, um, it was so much stuff that we talked about. I couldn't even remember half of it. But um, the thing is they have it set up so that you can either, you know, type in a message or I think you can call in too. And there was this one guy, Big Rick, is that what his name was? Yes, and, and, and he yeah. was wonderful. I've, it's an honor when they call in. 
Yeah, it, it huge is. Huge otter. It, because it adds more fuel to what we're talking about. You know, we can answer questions and, and discuss the subject they're talking about. But he did say that everything I was saying was BS. And I'm using the abbreviation because I can't say it the other way. So Well, well okay. I was there. Beautiful sky? Yeah, that's it. Right. Exactly. Uh, I was there. <laughs> and when you get somebody who does not understand the fundamentals, right. somebody who is very new, they just heard the word. Yeah. When you start talking about it, unless you get to ground level, you're going to lose them quick and they're going to run off on that tangent. Well, you know, the interesting thing about um, what we call astrobabble, which is the astrological uh, vocabulary that accompanies the uh, field of astrology, because when you're... Uh, you know, when Doug and I get on the air, we sometimes lapse into that. But, you know, sometimes it's necessary because it's the only words that really describe what we're talking about. And you can but, do it so fast. And it's so fast. Boom, it's done. But then we aren't explaining it to anybody what that means. Like, you know, something conjunct something else. And we have a trying to this and all that. And these words that are are, are basic to astrological uh, phenomenon are foreign to everybody else. Because I've told people, if you ever dropped in on an astrological conference... You'd be hearing all this talk, and you're listening to a group of people, and they're all talking foreign language, which it seems like it is. So um, it, the, the fun thing about it is is that I think what you know we've been talking about doing this for a while, just haven't done it yet, but to implement a new program where we're going to talk about a specific subject in astrology, and we're going to talk about it quite a bit during a show, you know, to introduce something to people. You know, and have them, you know, like say we introduce a planet, Venus. Venus is a great one to introduce. You know, we're talking about, you know, love and all that other stuff. But and bunny. Yeah, that too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, money, yeah. Anyway, so. So um, people know that Venus rules both. Yes, love it and money. does. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it has to do with what you value. You know, it's um, something. That's the Venus's. The Venus that rules Taurus is about value, you know, valuing money, valuing this, this and that and yourself, you know. And then Venus also rules Libra, which is meaning you have to uh, learn how to value the person that you're with. So it's it's a reflection of what you're going through. So, see, and that was just a little bit confusing that I just said that. So what were you going to say that? Well, it's saying? just fantastic that you're going to ground level 101, the introductory level because the bulk of your listeners, they are diehard astrology. They could follow you all the way, yeah. but you keep getting new people such as myself, yeah. and so you have to give us those baby steps first. Yeah, we do, because, um, I mean, both Doug and I have been in this business. We both got in at the same year, 1990, so we've been in it for 30 years, you know, and so we kind of know a little bit about what we're talking about. But, you know, whenever somebody comes along and, you know, and you're trying to explain something in their chart, their cr eyes are crossing, you know, because they don't get it. Yes. You know, they simply don't. I was just, I was looked up, on, I was on Facebook the other day and I saw that that Cosmopolitan does a nine-page feature on astrology in every magazine. That's pretty something. Wow. Yeah. I didn't nine know pages. that. And there was an accompanying video with the editor-in-chief, and she's talking about, she actually sounded like she knew what she was talking about because she was just throwing in a little astrology here and there and, you know, talking about Sagittarius and various things about various signs. And I thought about contacting her. I <laughs> would. I would jump on that. They would. Yeah, I mean. You are what they'd be looking for. They, they have astrologers working for them, but, you know, um, 
It'd be interesting to see if I could pull off something. Well, you know where the largest collection of books of astrology in the world sits. Yes, that's right, in the Vatican. In the Vatican. Yep, that's right. And the word Vatican means fortune-telling. <gasps> I didn't know that. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> twist to life, isn't it? Isn't One of our callers was a minister. And he used the term, I believe, witchcraft. So he's getting yeah. off on a tangent. He's going dark ages. Yeah. Now, I have the utmost respect for ministry. But again, the, the astrology is getting a bum rap here. It's mm-hmm. not a way out there in the boondocks. Yeah. And they just think it's a given that it's a cult thing. It is in the Bible so many times in yeah. so many ways that it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, the three wise men were astrologers and they found Jesus basically because of the alignment of the planets that night, you know, and that was all the planets, six planets or seven planets in Pisces. That was kind of a good indication that Pisces is possibly a Messiah type of person. And then all the planets that related Jupiter and Saturn, Jupiter and Saturn in particular, Saturn or Jupiter being the teacher, and you have Saturn, which is the manifestation of the teacher, you know, and you have all those planets all added up, means that there was somebody was going to incarnate who was probably going to be a messiah, and they did their declination and looked at the, the planets where they were lined up. They were all lined up together in the same part of the sky, which was unusual. They'd well, even in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, mm-hmm. what they're saying there is... Mm-hmm. A herd of cows, a flock of geese, but all the animal world is called the kingdom of the animal world. Wow. Yeah. And so they are speaking of the 12 zodiacs, which for the most part are all animals. All animals, right. And that's what they're referring to. Interesting. Yeah. And when Christ was asked as far as where will the disciples go when he's gone, Mm -hmm. he said, you will go to the town and find the man with the water jug. Mm. And the man with the water jug didn't exist in that time because men did not carry water. That was women's work. Right. So that would be the start of the Aquarian Age, which right. started in 2012. Interesting. When the Mayan calendar disappeared, it was right. came to an end, 2012. Yeah. And yeah, because the 12 as we apostles, you know, stepped the 12 into signs. the... Yeah. Aquarius age at there, that time. There was so much symbolism in the Bible about astrology that, you know, people just have to read it and add it up together. To There's a it lot. A lot of it. So, And if yes. anyone wants to do quick research, go to jordanmaxwellshow.com. Mm-hmm. As Jordan is by far one of the most... Um, what should, would you say? I don't know. What would 50 you say? years of digging into occults okay. and religion and breaking them all down. Wow. Wow. That's something. Yeah. He's kind of a master for that. He's very world known. Wow. That's great. So anyway, I don't know if we answered your question, <laughs> but, you know, astrology is basically accepted by maybe 50, 60 percent of the population of the United States. And around the world, it's very popular because each, basically, each culture seems to have its own astrology, like India has Vedic astrology. And, and it goes back at least a good 7,000 years. At least, yeah. It's, and it's, probably way beyond that. Yeah, probably. So as above, so below. You know, as above the sky, so below where we are. So it applies to us. So we have, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within and yeah. it's very interesting how it you is can very, just very see things 
in a chart, and you just know exactly how it's going to play oh, out. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, and you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I, before I started astrology in 1990, I was going through therapy, four years of it, with one therapist. I thought there was, you know, I was doing it because I was questioning my own beliefs and my own reactions mm-hmm. to things and the man I was married to and all this other stuff. I just felt like I was off track, you know. And so when I met this friend of mine who gave me my chart, I couldn't believe that he read it so accurately. And I said, I have to start studying this because he knew more about me than I knew more about me. And that's the kind of thing that I could never stand, you know. But, you know, with my kind of chart, I would need to know what he would know about me. And so um, it happened (coughs) that um, I started studying astrology the following year in 1990. Well, and that was it. If people could see Matt Shea, they would know he is typical <laughs> Leo. He is so Leo looking that it just kind of boggles your mind when you see him. I know, yeah. And he's got how many planets in Leo? Six. Six planets. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lot of Leo in one spot. Of, we have 10 planets in the chart, and he has six out of 10. That's the majority rules. <laughs> <laughs> and he is very, very Leo. Yeah. But then... Must be tough being that pretty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be known that on a construction site. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah, I remember... Or driving a truck, yeah. I I asked him the first time I met him, because I had never seen his chart. We were going to meet at this fair, uh, and you showed up, and I I saw... I'd seen a picture of you anyway, and I saw the date of your birth on... As said on the, on the, the page that you were Leo, and I said, well, that makes sense. He looks like one. And so um, when you gave me your chart information, I just stared at it. I mean, stare, I was just like, my mouth just fell down to the floor. And I said, well, you got a pretty good ego there, don't you? He said, yep. <laughs> I'm a guy. We got him. Yeah, right. You know, uh-huh. and that's, you know, basically, um, and ego in his case is not a bad thing. No. No. It's like, you know, an egocentric is not necessarily good, but somebody who has a strong sense of themselves. You know, and then that can make a presentation of themselves anywhere in the world and have it work. A counselor, when I was going through divorce years ago, it bothered him that every step in life had to be a big play for me. He said, live to learn one day at a time. Right. Instead of thinking that every second is building a momentous accomplishment. Right. Because, you know, we Americans, we have that carrot dangling in front, that craving for success. Yeah. And until you actually get it, you're mm-hmm. at least on your way and don't slow it down. That's right, exactly. Okay, we have to take another break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Mr. Matt Shea, Doug Johnston, and me, Eileen Grimes. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. He's sitting right here next to me. Matt writes books that centers around the common person in everyday life and people like you and me. His writings emphasize that each and every one of us was blessed with a unique, one-of-a-kind winning hand and will eventually be called upon to serve the world that we live in. Matt will write stories and conduct radio interviews for the rest of his life as a way to encourage and inspire others. And another great book of Matt's is the trilogy, The Groundkeeper and Other Stories. I think the trilogy was wrong. Is it a trilogy? 
the Groundkeeper and other short stories. Oh, okay, sorry. I'll have to take that out. Anyway, which has been receiving a lot of attention lately and can be found on Amazon and his website. So feel, give, feel free to look at Matt's website where all his books are available. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all that contact him. You can also write him at his personal email address at workinmatt7, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. Or you can call him at 206-915-1881 and contact him at his website at www.mattsheabooks.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes Shepard Siegel, author of Disruptive Play on How the Trickster Works in Politics and Culture. On Saturday, Susan Messina returns with insights into the secrets of the universe, universal laws, energies, frequencies, and vibrations. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen, and we have Doug, our co-host, and Mr. Matt Shea, who is our guest today. And so we were just talking about his wonderful chart. <laughs> and uh, have you seen it, Doug? You haven't I haven't seen it, seen it but I've, I've I'm going to have to bring planet. it sometime. It, it's like he has Virgo rising. He's got the seven planets. He's got Pluto, Venus, and Mars in the 12th house in Leo. And then he uh, further has a little bit in the 11th house. He has the Sun Uranus conjunction. Now that one, <laughs> that one just like throws a kink into everything. Yeah, but that explains why he's ghost hunting at the same time that he's writing these incredible stories. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that how he aware he is of serving humanity at the best, mm-hmm. you know. And um, how he's interested in senior citizens and, you know, taking care of them. I mean, he's just, across the board, a very kind human being. You know, thank God, because if that wasn't in there, we'd have a bit of a problem with you. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Because there would be so much stuff going on and a a drive to, you know, be um, the ultimate center of attention. But but you're not that way. How How many books do you have that are now audio? I still just have the one because okay. I've sent out a lot of messages to people, companies that produce these audiobooks, and a lot of them wanted strictly novels, and I like to go shorter than that. I okay. like to do the short stories of the novelty or novel. Is that the right word, novelty? Is that what they're called? Novelty? Novelty. Mm-hmm. Novelty. I think we'll, we'll say it's a good word. Yeah, we'll make it up. It's, it's, it it works, yeah. And mm-hmm. so anyway, because these are more bite-sized so that you could hear the entire story mm-hmm. on a trip or a leg of a journey. I, I tell, I'm a big fan of listening to audio books when I travel cross-country, which I dr- drive across all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that you're doing it. Yeah. Yes, I'm just being a little finicky about this because once they're out, they're out. I will be reading one of them myself. Heck, I should. And then the other ones I will audition again. But I just want to make sure that I could get all of them out in time. And then this first wave to have most of them on the short story style, little bite-sized pieces for the little trips. Which one is on audio? Which Right part? now it's Judge Alvin Wong. Judge Alvin Wong. Okay. All right. So 
I mean, that is a nice alternative to listen to it in the car where you're driving somewhere rather than having well, to. Well, it's a good way to put the books out there and you're selling CDs too. Yeah. Yeah, the Judge Alvin Wong goes well over three hours, and it's a masterpiece because I had a guy named Christopher Lane who, among other things, does the most perfect Western accent with some humor with it. Oh, oh, I could great. not have found a better guy. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. That's what you need. That's perfect. So let's talk about some other things that you're doing right now. Now, yesterday you were on another show. It's Gary Mance's show, the one that's, what's it called? It was called the American Road Trip Talk, okay. sponsored by the magazine, The American Road Trip. Okay, yeah, he does that, plus his Manson Mitchell show every every Friday and Saturday. So um, you were on his show yesterday, and you were talking about haunted places well, in the state of Washington. Way back when, he told me that he wanted to do a feature called Keep Weird Western Washington Weird, and then he directed that right at me. I didn't know how to take it, but he's got the right guy. Yeah. And so between places I've gone to that lay claim that they are, or the ones on the internet, because the internet has list upon list upon list of places in whatever region claiming to be haunted. Right. And so I'm neutral here. When I go to these places, I haven't seen anything. But I've gone to places where such things have reportedly happened. Right. But more important, the building itself will have a lot of history. And then there's the community. And usually it's a restaurant or a bar and great kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so people who go there, whether or not you see something, you are going to hear some pretty good stories. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what does happen, you're going to have an excellent meal, get to know a fun town. Mm -hmm. You'll have hotels there. It might be the world's greatest pizza there, for all you know. Oh, yeah. So there are enough guarantees where come on anyway. Right, exactly. You know, and you kind of broke out, and you did tell the story of the Pizza Casa, which is our favorite restaurant that we go that to. That is our favorite restaurant. Yeah. And I had never gone in there before until it was with you. Now, mm-hmm. that restaurant has been a long, longer than I have. About 70 or 80 years, right? Yes. And yeah. when oh, I was a wow. little, well, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it started in the in the 50s. Oh, okay. And I'm a 57 model, so I'm one of 60. us got there first. Yeah, and I was, well, I'm not saying how old but I But anyway, had when you were doing your readings after dark, mm-hmm. it just made sense. There was, some, there was an aura to that place. Mm-hmm. So you and I went there one night for dinner to kind of check it out, and mm-hmm. it hit us. Mm-hmm. You're lambasted with the Rat Pack music. Mm-hmm. You hear beautiful oh, yeah. Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, you hear Nat King Cole and others. Big band jazz. You are hearing the music from the 40s done right. Mm-hmm. The tables are beautiful. The tradition, red and white, yeah. checker. It is the greatest Italian food you'll ever have or really maybe equal fabulous. to the best. Yeah. It is tradition. Mm-hmm. And we asked, you could just feel the tension, the vibes. Is there a little bit of haunt to this place? And within two seconds, why, yes, there is. And there's a lot of stories about this place. There's a lot of entities in this. Well, having Matt describe it makes you understand why he can write books like he does. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, they told us. The <laughs> Very books descriptive. Are deep. They, they got me in the back room, and they said in this back storeroom, we will see like a figure, like a dark cloud shape, but it seems to be a human figure. Mm-hmm. And it has gone through the back room and in the kitchen. They have an... Uh, dishwasher setup that's manual and then when you get it together then comes on the electrical they have seen that thing set itself up and take off on its own okay 
many times. Right. There's a shelf they put in to hold the pizza boxes. It's one thing when a box falls over. Uh-huh. A box on top will spin off. It'll have a little wrist action to it, like yeah. you're tossing a Frisbee, and it'll get some fight. It'll cover some ground and end up in the dining room. <laughs> They've all seen that. <laughs> one of the help there told me up and down that they see the ghost of an old lady in the banquet room where you do your readings after right, dark. Right, yeah, right, really close by. They believe it's one of the original owners. Mm-hmm. They would watch towel dispensers start going on by themselves. Right, right. The lights, they would hear the voices, doors open. And one of the former managers came by and sat at her table, and mm-hmm. she said in this corner she would smell fresh smoke like cigars mm-hmm. and voices. They all have stories. And we go there about once a week. Mm-hmm. Well, did anything happen? Well, amongst the group, at least one of them had something, mm-hmm. something go on. Right, right, exactly. I'm going to have to come down there. It you is have incredible, to come down but it's there. It's not terrifying. I'm, not at all. It's romantic. It has a, a romance and it's very, yes. very red, you know, like so most restaurants are red because that stimulates the appetite. But you, with your abilities, Doug, and what you have oh been through in life, you would catch these things that they yeah. catch. Again, I could sense, I believe, and I started the whole thing. I just openly asked and they came back and said yes. And by the way, when you go to Pizza Cost in Lakewood, You've got to say hello to Joan. We've adopted her because she adopted she's us. She's one of the owners. The crew is great. Yeah, she's awesome. She's just yes. a fantastic person. So, And she may be a, becoming a sponsor of our show, too. So this is excellent. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I've walked in there, and I just, you know, sometimes I get stuff like that, too, where I get a hunch or a feeling. And I walked in, and I thought, you know, this place feels like it could transport back in time. Yes. With the same people back there that have come forward with the place. Well, that's what I feel, yeah. that we're going way back in time. But mm-hmm. it's, there's such a warmth, romantic, and again, the music. Yep. That oh, yeah. music is so incredible from that era. Yeah. The music, yeah, oh yeah, it's all original recordings. Their so. pizza, who makes a better pizza than the Pizza Casa? Well, that's it why they a, call it Pizza Casa. It is a thin crust, they do the square, yeah, that type. square pizza. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, then it must not be a real piece if it's square. (laughs) Picky, picky, They do it to fit at the box? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. But they have the best lasagna. They have the best, really extensive menu in Italian food, and it's all really fantastic. So, anyway, that was our The place never has to advertise. Never. No, it never does. It's either partially full. Or all the way yeah, full. Really Always good. the same people. Everybody knows everyone. Well, That's today right. you did their advertisement for yeah, them. Yeah, we really <laughs> did that for them. Hey, you we know? get something out of it just to know the yeah. place, to be, again, yeah. family. I love going we there. We became family with yeah. them. That's great. And and Joni is one of the nicest people you all know. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I have a sort of criteria in my head for what makes a really perfect waiter. She's perfect. Ah, She's perfect. She she's does, not a waiter, though. She's a waitress. She, wait, and you know, it's a, it's got to be a classier name than either one of those. She's not a wait person. She's a, an attendant of some kind. It She elevates the position up a little bit because she's totally at service, you know, That's when she great. does it. Yeah, she's really it's good. It's family. It's family. It's family. She's, she's it's just, a it's just family. There's a lot of Aunt B about her. Aunt B. Well, <laughs> Aunt B. The cosmic Aunt B. It's funny. Oh, I okay, forgot cosmic. all about Aunt B. Y- yeah, oh, yeah. you can't forget Aunt B. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> well, I was going to say, that doesn't remind me of Aunt B exactly, but, 
you know, I think with the warmth and the kindness there, you know, which is extremely warm. But and the kind. readings after dark, they're sensational. And there were people that called in, you have your laptop, using your laptop while you're there, you yeah. give readings. Yeah. More than one way to skin a cat. I yeah, love it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, so we're just talking about um, one of the many places in Washington state that has other people walking around there that aren't alive, you know, and I can think of one place, you know, that I went to uh, several times, and that was the Cooney Mansion down in Cosmopolis. That place is really overridden by them. <laughs> There's so many of them. It was a, it was a house that was owned by Mr. Cooney, who was a logger, obviously down there that was logging business, and he was very wealthy, and he built himself a 10,000 square foot house, you know, and it had four levels. The top level was the for the servants. The third level was for um, bedrooms. It was five or six bedrooms on the main, uh, on the bedroom floor. And then the main level, which is the dining room and, and you know, and the um, living room and the kitchen and all that. And then downstairs in the basement was a ballroom, which was kind of, was pretty big. And there is an area right behind the ballroom that is really, really got some serious spirits back there. And that was a place where they had a little shower built in. See, they didn't have showers because the house was built in 1908. So they had the claw foot tub in every bathroom that was connected to every bedroom on the second floor or third floor. So... I wanted to take a shower. I says, can I do that? I says, you got to go down to the basement. <laughs> no, they didn't say it that way, but they might have <laughs> well done it. <laughs> you know, I was going to go downstairs every morning and take a, take a shower. And it was kind of in the back, and it was gray, and it was kind of icky shower. And I felt there was always somebody behind me watching there was. me. Yes. There was. Yeah, and it was really intense. And I took a really quick shower when I was down there because I had to get in and out couldn't stand the feeling and I found out later that that was a place back there or back in that part of the house where somebody had killed somebody and so yeah so Matt's doing radio shows on books and the other side yeah the other side well Matt's Matt's subject matter is very is wide so we could pick one of anything that we can do and I think for the reason of this show we might as well pick some of the paranormal you know, that, mm-hmm. that you know, he, he does. So, but um, it was interesting because when we went to, when a bunch of us psychics, oh, we've got to take a break. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, we're going to continue. We'll have our last segment of the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom, the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we'll need affordable supplemental coverage that takes care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help get that best coverage for you. And with her, the process is really easy, and in the end, she will save you some money. So Susan had some workshops scheduled this month, but unfortunately she had to postpone them because of this coronavirus thing. But she will let me know and I will let you know when she's rescheduled them and what dates they are. 
So if you need more information, you can call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. Alternative Talk Radio, and we're talking to Matt Shea, and I was talking about the Cooney Mansion, but I think that's done with anyway. Oh, I was just going to say that a whole bunch of us down there doing a psychic fair. Oh, you have to tell you, you go into a haunted house and all 20 psychics show up at the door. What happens? All the people that are on the other side get excited. Oh, they show up like yeah. flies. Up oh, my picnic. God, we can talk to these people. We are going to hear us, you know. And so it, it was very interesting. We had one of them cross over to the other side, and um, I had, walking down the hallway, I had one grab me around the waist and one grab my hair to look at my roots of my hair. <laughs> That's all I could figure out why they were looking at them. But um, it was an interesting experience. And, um, you know, that whole area down there seems kind of, it seems kind of haunted anyway. Cosmopolis, mm-hmm. Aberdeen oh, area. definitely got a different feel to it. Definitely. So, yes. So what else did you want to talk about? Well, what uh, got? switching subjects list? here. I was very grateful that recently you had me on an animal show with Martha oh, yes. Norwalk. Yes. And uh, one of the few stories I'm working about is animal related. And <gasps> I'm, I've always been fascinated by animals such as bears who were raised, how would I put it? They were captured at a young age, okay. so they weren't raised in the wild because right. they have this inner battle, this instinct where they know they're not supposed to be in that cage. Right. And what motivated me on this story was years ago, I was in a town in Oregon. I think it was called the town of Michael, and we were staying at a hotel called the Oregon Hotel, and there was a large metal cage across the street that had a full-grown grizzly bear in it. Ooh. A and live the, grizzly bear? A live one. They've had it since captivity. they had it oh, since birth. And they leave it in this cage? Yes. And so Hugh, oh. the owner of this hotel, would walk in the cage, pet it as if it was an alley cat or something, feed it, rub it a bit, and then leave. He was the only one that could do that. Well, at night, you could hear this bear making bear noises as they would at night. Yeah. And if that thing was to get freed its instincts would take over. Oh, for sure. And so I'm writing a, a Teddy Downing story because Ooh. Teddy Downing is one of my characters who, like many, is a young boy without a father figure where he's always visiting a full-grown bear that he's mm. known since birth. Okay. And then when they are camping out, they bring it along because you're having a church function in the woods, a circus. It gets out of its cage, and now it's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. It's ca- playing catch-up quick with bear life. Right. So everybody's terrified. It's not Coco the friendly bear anymore. It's a live grizzly, a big one. And the bear is struggling because it does love Teddy. It loves Teddy, but it has a calling for nature to get back into the food chain. So it plays out the way it does. I'm very proud of this one. I got the rough draft done, and I was hoping that I could... Once I am done to discuss it on this show, I oh, will have it in audio and then throw it at Martha. I think Are you working like on that too. one right now? Yes, I am. Are you close to getting done with it? I have the rough draft done already. Oh, good, good for you. Sounds yes. like a great story. God, that's a great story. It really because is. Because the boy is always picked on, and now we'll see who the man is. Because yeah. he has to out-love nature. Yeah. You know, and you've got a bear with a str- inner struggle between 
the love for, for the boy and its natural habitat and its natural instinct yes. to kill. So I will stop yeah. at that point. And uh, it's all under God. And hey, when we were initially starting off this show, we were relating things to the Bible and stuff. Right, right. We are for that cause, not against it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You remember the gorilla that was in Tacoma? That was Ivan, the gorilla at B&I. Well, he went to Florida. You know that. No. That they, that's where he ended up. It was in a zoo down there. Um, but when Earl, the little boy that was raised with him, went down there, this is like two years ago or three years ago before Ivan passed away, Ivan was so excited to see him, he recognized him right away instantly. Wow. Wanted to hug him and hold him. and Like Elsie on Born Free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much that same kind of connection. Wow, that's really neat. I mean, so, they never forget people. Well, they never do. You they know? don't. And in regards to this book, um, I mentioned Renee Klaus a lot. She does my covers here on out, and this will be one of her projects. Oh, good. That'll She's be... real good at this sort of oh, thing. My Hello, Renee. Artistic expressions with an X. Yeah. More covers on the way. More covers <laughs> on the way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, w- a wonderful subject. And um, I just remember seeing videos on YouTube of, animals that had been out in the wild and they'd had somebody who they had relied or maybe basically saved them from, you know, from extinction or something. And they would play a part in the animal's upbringing and then they would take off and go away. But when they came back, oh my gosh. They remembered. Oh, yeah. I remember this one beautiful lion that came running out of a cage and just jumped on this guy. Boom. You know, and he was hugging and kissing him and licking him and everything, and I just thought, oh, God, I wish I could be him. <laughs> mm. oh. Just like a big cat. Big cat, really big cat. So yep. that's that's a fabulous thing. And um, and I think what Martha's really doing is really terrific, too, is one of the reasons I want to be on her show is to talk about, you know, how we seem to be, as a species, becoming more aware of animals. Oh, and yes. She was very adamant about communicating with animals, communicating yep. properly, yep. but that love, that universal language. Yeah, yeah, it's really true, and animals understand it. I, When I had my two dogs, the Boston Terriers, I I would always talk to them, and I, they had such expressive faces. I could read what they were thinking, you know, and, and I remember one time when I went over to see one of them, the first one had died, and I went back to see him about three weeks after she died. And that was Lola, and this is Stu. And I walked in, and I figured, well, Stu's just going to be so down and upset and mourning for Lola because, after all, that was her, that was his mate. You know, they had a puppy together. And so I walked in, and he ran to the door, and he was jumping up and down on both legs, and he was going, <laughs> he was so excited to see me, and I said, what the heck? Not what I expected. I said, what the heck are you doing? And he said, I could hear him say in my head, I said, I'm top dog now. I'm top dog. I'm top dog. <laughs> because Lola was a kind of an alpha female who just ran over everybody. You know, and once she was gone, he... He moved up a notch. Yes, he did. And he was able to not be in the cage anymore. He was in a nice little bed on the floor. And he was being pampered and loved and all that. And he was so excited because he was top dog. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. It's dog. T- Yes. Do your cows enter the picture here? <laughs> I know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine <laughs> you do. <laughs> 
anyway, being a cow whisperer. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, we've got to let you go for now. Matt, it was wonderful. I appreciate being here. And again, um, Kevin McDonald and I are grateful that you got on board with us. And my gosh, it would be so wonderful to have Douglas there. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a fun one. Too. Douglas, yeah. I'll call you Doug. Douglas. Douglas? <laughs> yeah, I oh. only, you know, I only heard Douglas if I was in trouble. <laughs> I will remember that one now. <laughs> well, when I said it, he sat up really quick, so I reassured yeah. him. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so anyway, uh, just tell them how they can get a hold of you. Well, I already told them, but we'll... It is Matt Shea Books, S-H-E-A, and I got lots of free stuff. And again, I always write people who write me. And if we see you at a Readings After Dark with, with um, Eileen... Just mention the show, and you'll get a free book. Yeah, you will. And it'll be a free reading for me, too. So there. Okay, so thank you for being on the show today. And we'll have you on again soon, of course. You're always changing your, your subject matter, so you're interesting to have on. So The new book sounds interesting. Yes, it does. It does. Okay, so this are now the uh, upcoming events. And this was the Emerald Spiral Expo, and unfortunately... It was canceled, and uh, for those of you out there that were planning on going on the 28th, it's been canceled, and they are going to, um, uh, basically, if you've paid for a booth and you're all set to go, they will apply that to the September fair, which is September 26th, 2020. It'll be usually the last Saturday of the month. So, of course, they proposed this, you know, because of what they were doing in the state of Washington, they were closing down all events that were 250 people and over because of the coronavirus. Uh, and, of course, that was one of the things that kind of got hit. So I'm kind of sad about it because, you know, it's a big fair and it's a lot of fun to do. So anyway, we will probably see everybody in September. So remember, it's canceled on the 28th, so don't go there. Makes that song come in. Will I see you in September? Will I see yes. you in September? I don't even know if that's it, but that's close. Anyway, so I was going to say we do the after dark readings just to <coughs> embellish a little bit on that here. Um, after uh, this is the after dark readings at the Pizza Casa from 4 to 7 p.m. That's at 12924 Pacific Highway Southwest in Lakewood, Washington. And the first person who calls in has heard the, the Jupiter Rising show, gets a free book. and Well, we said pizza, too, but I think that's one of the things we're going to do, right? Let's throw a pizza in. Yeah, we'll throw a pizza in. So if you come in and say this is where, where you heard the show about the show, it's on Jupiter Rising, that's what you get. And a free reading, too. Okay, so they're really a fun event, and it's a great place to do it. And then also I have another event, on another After Dark reading at Burr's Restaurant. That's at 6151 Stillicum Boulevard, Lakewood, Washington, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. every Wednesday night. And so, yes, if you come in and get a reading, you'll get a book of his, too, because I have a few to give away. So anyway, um, we also have, I have the horoscope feature on the front page of our website on KKNW. It's the horoscope column. I write it every week, and it changes every Monday at noon. And so, um, yeah, so anywho, we're going to be, that's how I do that every week, like clockwork. So that's happening there. And so how do we get a hold of you, Doug? Uh, the best is to call or text 206-769-4924. Okay. All right. And um, you can get a hold of me at uh, EileenGrimes.com and JupiterRisingShow.com. 
And the email is jupiterrisingshow at aol.com. Okay. So um, next week, we have on Susan Bergstrom, who is a Medicare specialist. She will be on next week to talk more about it. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know, still don't know about Medicare, and it's always changing. So we're going to do that. So anyway, um, that's it for us today. I mean, I can't believe the show went by so fast, but here we are. And we're going to say goodbye, and we'll see you all next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show, right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW.